Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world with your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. Welcome, Uncommon CEO Podcast, uh, leading into Memorial Day weekend here for us. Uh, Memorial Day weekend is a probably one of my most favorite weekends. Why is that? Well, it's a it's a special time of year where we truly come together as a nation and recognize and celebrate those who gave their life, you mm-hmm. know, for this great land that we live in. You know, I know we celebrate Fourth uh, of July. Fourth of July is obviously a big holiday and an important holiday because that mm-hmm. that holiday is all about our independence. It's all about you know, a, an action step that says that, hey, we've declared we're going to be independent from, you know, obviously um, British rule. But Memorial Day is when we celebrate all those who gave everything. Mm-hmm. Um, every Memorial Day, um, well, as long as you've been with me, you know, I always send out a Memorial Day message. Yeah. And there's a uh, speech um, that Ronald Reagan gave um, on Memorial Day uh, in recognition and and he says um, that, you know, that when you look at these these men and women, but look at these men, uh, these brave young men who who gave up everything. He said, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you, you look at them and you realize that they gave up two lives. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the one that they're living um, that they gave up, but they also gave up the life they could have lived. Sure. And so it's an incredible sacrifice. And and sometimes he says when we look back, you know, we we tend to look back and memorialize the founding fathers, these revered old men. And 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 so you realize that, you know, people who truly sacrificed for this country are often young people. Oh yeah. I mean, especially during the draft time period. I mean, kids in a yeah, lot of ways. It's, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, through all the wars. I mean Every war this this country's ever fought, all the way up to the most recent ones in Afghanistan and mm-hmm. and, and Iraq, and obviously in other countries that we don't even know where they're fighting. I mean, they're they're often young people. These aren't old people fighting; they're young people, and some you know have young families, some have. No, I mean, it's a so you realize that you know that it's a true sacrifice because they give up more than just that one life he talks about. Mm-hmm. And so I love the opportunity of Memorial Day to truly recognize and, and, and honor those who who have given, who who serve, have served. I always like to send out a text message to all my friends and family um, who I know that served and mm-hmm. um, and and just tell them how much I appreciate, you know, what they did for all of us. So incredible, uh incredible uh, you know, weekend. Um, unfortunately here it's the weather doesn't look uh as good as I would normally yeah. hope it to be on Memorial Day. Uh, looks like we got a little rain and cool weather coming in. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. I finally got the, the pool open. So I'm swimming no matter what's happening. Yeah, I so think, no matter uh, what's coming out of the sky, I'm getting in that pool. Yeah, so. it, yeah we, we plan to uh, do a little something um, uh, probably around the pool. Um, mm-hmm. Many times we've been at the lake, but I decided with the uh, with the weather, you know, yeah, we'll skip yeah. the lake and mm-hmm. – and uh, you know, take our chances uh, with pool time. So, cool. uh, but regardless, I'm gonna I'm going to cook something on the grill. So I'm gonna I'm gonna barbecue something. Yes, same here. Same uh, here. Do you know what you're gonna do? 
Well, um, I like to do ribs. Is usually my my Memorial Day special meal that I cook up. Slow roast them and then throw them either on the green egg or we got a new gas grill not too long ago. So, okay. Yeah, well, we'll I'm a rib kind of guy. Yep. Love ribs. And so I, I doubt there's any me any left, but if if they are, I'll, some might show up with me on Tuesday. So yeah. 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 Man, I love ribs, and yep. so. Uh, I haven't decided what we're going to do, um, but we will definitely be grilling something and mm-hmm. uh, probably have grandparents over and nice, and, yeah. uh, just just have a nice, relaxing, good time. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of building off of uh, this Memorial Day uh, discussion, um, I wanted to go into the topic of teachability. Okay. Because as you know, as we move to this time of year, we're not just celebrating uh, Memorial Day and the opportunity for summer, we're coming towards the end of the year where many of us who have children, they're kind of wrapping up their school uh, year. Third grade graduation next week for me. So oh, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny with my kids, uh, Claire's in the sixth, she's a rising seventh grader and, and Drew's a seventh grader, rising eighth grader, but at their school, Drew has had final exams, mm-hmm. you know, Claire yeah, didn't this year, so she's been loving this 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 last yeah. week or two where she didn't have to do the studying and test that uh, Drew does. And I said, "Well, your time's coming, dear." Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's really an evaluation. Why, why do we take exams? I mean, it's an evaluation mm-hmm. of what you've learned, right? And 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 if it's done right, and if you're and if you've gone through the process throughout the year. The, the test that you took at the beginning of the year, because you get tested at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. should look a little different than what you take at the end of the year. Yeah, one would think. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you want you want to know that okay, my knowledge gap expanded, mm-hmm. and that that hopefully through this whole year, I listened to something and I I retained mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so, I had the opportunity just uh, the other night, night for last, uh, I was helping Drew. Um, prepare for his final exam, which is on is is, is a history exam. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at helping him there. Sure, you know, that's I, I have a great background in history, degree in history, and I love history. Mm-hmm. I did not help him on the math. Sure, yeah, mine would be the opposite is where I could actually contribute or not. That's uh, that that, that that I have to lean into his mother and said, "Here you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is on you." Yeah, uh, but history I enjoyed. It was a it is so fun um, when I'm. Uh, working with Drew Claire on history, as much as I've studied in history, I'm always learning new things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just kind of like, God, yeah, I hadn't studied that in so long. I'm remembering. So I yeah. I really enjoyed that uh, Drew's history study is really focused in uh, a lot of Asian history. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it focuses on some World War One, World War Two, kind of build up the Soviet Union, how mm-hmm. that came to be transitions from you know long empires and and so i was like wow this is great but a lot of a lot of asian history china japan uh pacific islands um, mm-hmm. so it it was uh it was fun to go through that and and do some quizzing with them and he was teachable okay he that's teachable. always good he and 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 here's the part he, he he's done a great job in retention mm-hmm. and so um but why do I want to? Why do I want to talk about teachable? It's not just because we come to the end of the year and school year, and hey, are our kids teachable? Um, I find that that in life, our growth and what and who we can become is all about our ability to be teachable. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. 
unfortunately, not everybody's teachable. I've also found that. <laughs> I, I know we've always talked about when I was hired here, teachability was a big focus and in everybody that I brought into the departments I've, I've manned. Um, yeah, teachability is key. You, you can't have people that aren't willing to learn or else you're not able to grow. Yeah, and, and wanting to teach. So we talk a lot about leadership. This is a leadership podcast. Good and great leaders understand the value of teaching and being teachable. Mm-hmm. You can't give what you don't have. Okay. If, 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 if I'm not teachable, meaning like if I can't learn, then there's, then I'm going to limit what I can give. Mm-hmm. And so teachability and coach, you know, and, and being coachable is critical to leadership. And so in, in, in an uncommon, you know, leadership podcast, Uncommon people are always wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. I have a mind that loves to learn. Often that's learning from other people. It can be learning from books. It can be just learning from the experiences you go through life. But learning, I want to gain knowledge. And knowledge grabbing should be a lifelong journey. Sure. And so, but going back to teachable, I had a high school coach, pretty tough guy. He uh, um didn't say I always agree with things with him, but I, I did listen to him. He was uh, he was a former football player at Clemson too. He played center at Clemson, but he was a high school coach, and he says, you know that, you know that I'm going to teach you. Mean I'm going to coach you as long as you'll let me coach you. Mm-hmm. And and literally, you know that that mentality is is I can coach you as long as you're willing to listen and learn. And so I, I took that into to my mind that you know that. The moment that I become uncoachable is the is the moments that I no longer am going to be able to be capable to perform at the level that that, that I want to perform in this sport. So I mm-hmm. need to always keep a mental mind of coachability and teachability. Mm-hmm. And so teachability, Matt, do you consider yourself to be someone who always wants to learn? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It's, I'm always learning, trying to hone my skills and then new skills. I, I like to say I, I read I read a lot. I don't read a lot of books, but I definitely read a lot. I'm always constantly trying to find little bits and pieces to broaden my mind. Well, we, the word competence, when I, when I throw that word out, what immediately comes to your mind? Uh, whether somebody is fit, Competence can be job. It can be some people are not competent to have children, really. I mean, there's, That's a, there's a lot of people that are kind of, you know, fit to fit to have the skill set to execute a certain task is where I see com- competence. You know, when I look at competence versus mental capacity, OK, I know a lot of people who are relatively competent. But what I've also found in a lot of people is a lack of mental capacity to grow beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, in the mind, you know, one, competent is important, okay? When we look at business and in leadership, you really don't want to be led by someone who's not competent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's a scary place to be. It's what you just said. Um, people who aren't competent having children, okay? That's yeah. a scary thing. And it happens every day, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you want to be led by someone who is competent and competent and, and it's kind of like confidence. Okay. Um, if you, if you're in a tough situation, if you're, if you're at whatever it is, business, personal, it doesn't matter. If you're in a tough situation, 
do you want to be surrounded by people with competence and confidence? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because the alternative is really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you're not, and we've gone through this in previous podcasts, if you if your leader isn't confident and gives inspires confidence, you've got a room full of scared people and a room full of people that can't execute to their fullest potential. It loosens your competence when you don't have confidence. Well, so what I know as a confident person is that that I know that from my position, while I might be strong in these areas, I know that I need to keep working to build strength. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's by coincidence that you know that, that God designed us with two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. True, and. And, and, and just the fact is two against one says a lot. Yeah, you should be using these ones more than this one but when you can. How many times have you heard me say we all want to be heard? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite, I don't know if it's a quote or not, but the amount of people that are, instead of listening, formulating what they're going to say next is just all too common. Yeah. And so it tells us right out the gate that we need to listen more. Mm-hmm. We need to prioritize listening. We need to prioritize getting information. You know, obviously evaluating that information. Mm-hmm. Because if we do that by the time that we deliver information, we're going to be better. Mm-hmm. We're going to be. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to deliver something that is more thoughtful, more meaningful, and is going to lead us in a better way. So, teachability has to first start with one's ability to listen. It's like we're talking about our kids, okay? Often teachers, one of the many things that they battle is classroom management, mm-hmm. okay? Classroom management. Well, hey, when you've got young kids, okay, it, it's hard to manage adults. I lead adults every day. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to sit there in a, in, a, in a board meeting, in a group meeting, you know, pit meetings. Okay, I'm, I'm managing personalities of adults all day long. I honestly think sometimes kids are a lot easier. Yeah. I'm not saying every teacher would agree with that, but sometimes I feel that way because all I've got sometimes I feel like is a lot older kids. Yeah. I think it's just the the number of kids at once. I can't imagine trying to guide 28 children at the same time. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I've got to, my wife's a teacher. So yes, I I know all about it. You know, married one of those two. So I know all about it too. Um, But, but what I, what, what I know as a teacher, the teacher is, when they're talking about classroom management, they're focusing in on them paying attention and listening, mm-hmm. getting the information. Okay, kids are going through school. They know that process. When we get to be adults, then, you know, we get, you know, a little, quote, quote more freedoms of mm-hmm. action and independence that we don't always follow that. And so I think to be a person who can become the best person they want to be they have to understand the value of always being teachable. Mm-hmm. And so I've got uh, I got some quotes that I wanted to put out here. John Wooden, who I love John Wooden. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, famous coach, unfortunately. He's passed away and gone on. But who he is and what he did still lives on today. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a coach who was always teaching teachability? I mean, you go back and you look at, you know, how he coached and who he coached. That's why he developed – Guys have not only become great players, they became great coaches themselves. Yep. And so teachability. He goes on to say, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Hmm. That's interesting, yeah. 
That's continued growth. You never stop learning. Yeah, he says, what you are. So the moment you think you're a know-it-all, mm-hmm. you're done. Is what you learn after you know. Mm-hmm. And so another uh, quote I got is by Henry David Thoreau. It takes two to speak the truth. One to speak and one to hear. Hmm. Okay. Pretty profound, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Two to speak the truth. You know, and so that goes into the whole point of teachability. You know, hey, someone has to be able to to speak into you. I mean, and so I value someone being able to speak into me. So I want to I, I want to go into going back to the manual, the greatest book that I know called the Bible. Um, and I've always said, hey, this is this is a leadership book, an uncommon leadership book. It's uh, full of uncommon people who do do a lot of uncommon things. And so, one of the great stories that I love in the Bible on teachability is Elijah and Elijah. Okay, and that story is about a younger guy coming along with this older kind of mentor teacher and wanting to do nothing but follow and listen and learn to this guy. And so, you know, what he knew and what, you know, what I love about this story in 10 years of basically this one guy following another guy, you know, one of the only things that he really did the whole 10 years was listen is carry water. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he went, he carried water and listened to the other guy speak. Mm-hmm. And at the whole time, he's sitting back listening, doing this job, carrying this water, having this responsibility. He's gaining information. He's being taught by watching and learning, but not speaking. You know, now Elijah would go on to have this incredible ministry and impact tons of people. Okay. Now, at the moment of his kind of death and moving on, you know, Elijah, you know, he, 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 he's moving on. Elijah's like, Hey, you know, I want to go with you. I want, you're going this way. I want to go with you. And he says, no, you're to stay here. You have followed me. You have listened. You learned, you've done your job. Now it's your time to teach. And they say that his ministry went on to be 50 times greater than the other guys. Hmm. Now, you know, I think that's a profound thing. Okay, he follows this great mentor, but ends up having a ministry 50 times greater than his mentor. How and why does that happen, man? Well, he learned from somebody else and applied it to his strengths. He may have had it with him within him all along, but having having that guidance, having taking the time to listen allowed him to become even stronger because of it. He gained everything this guy had to offer, but guess what? Then he was able to not just regurgitate, not just become the same thing. He was able to build on it. Mm -hmm. And that's really how it should work. It's, 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 I mean, you know, when we talk about, uh, um, former bulls and LA coach, uh, Phil Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson, was a student of John Wooden's. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a player and student of John Wooden's. Okay, what did Phil Jackson ultimately become? Maybe the greatest coach of all time in NBA history, a multiple-time NBA champ. I want to say he won nine rings during yeah, he his won time. Cha- he yeah. won championships with 
different organizations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And impacted, you know, so if you look at Phil Jackson, now why John Wooden might have been arguably one of the greatest college basketball coaches, his, his student, his student becomes the greatest, I, I would say yeah, would be I'd the greatest, greatest NBA, NBA coach. coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's coaching today, he'd probably go win another championship. Yep. And so, no and and then you look at the players he impacted. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had two of the best players all time under him. I mean, Kobe and Jordan were both under Phil, I believe. They were. Yeah. And gosh, think of all the other players. I mean, oh, yeah. Shaq was under Shaq, him. Shaq, you mm-hmm. know, Scotty. I mean, we can go through a mm-hmm. list, you know. Oh, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> so Dennis. here's a guy who understood teachability. I need to learn and grow. Matter of fact, if you if you if you were to ask John Maxwell today, who's the greatest lead, you know leader of written leadership, he's written more about leadership than anybody. If you ask him who was his mentor, his main you know mentor, he'd say John Wooden. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I mean, and that is what you know a great leader who teaches. He teaches others who teach. Mm-hmm. And you look at. John Maxwell, he goes and says, well, John Wooden's my greatest leader. And yet you look at Maxwell today, how many leaders has he built? I mean, the leadership institutes around the world, Absolutely, the books, yeah. I mean, the influence. And so, but it all started because he was teachable. Mm-hmm. He was willing to learn. He didn't know it all because, I mean, John Maxwell met John Wooden when he's already grown up. Mm-hmm. And, and John Wooden was retired. You know, and and so and and Maxwell set out like he's like, and how how Maxwell ended up meeting with him is by following a process that I that I love to this day, a process that says everyone that I meet, he's like, I, I got a question for him. Who do you know that I should know? Yep, I remember that quote. <laughs> and so it's a it's kind of a simple but profound deal. Who do you know that I should know? And because he was because he did that. He was, if I remember the story right, he was in California somewhere. I don't know if it was that way somewhere. And, you know, he's, he's, I think in his 40s then. Um, and, and one of the guys he meets is, he, he, he says, hey, who do you know I should know? He goes, well, I mean, I know John Wooden. It's and he goes, I'd like to meet start. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how that started. It's funny. I actually brought that quote up yesterday talking with Marty and our sales team. Um, just saying, you know, Talk about new business. It's like, who are our suppliers and who do they know? And yeah, funny you bring that up. Yeah. So I got, I got, I got a funny little story on teachability. Okay, because mm-hmm. you know we talk about that in order to grow, in order to become the best you, you always have to have a mindset that is flexible and teachable. Mm-hmm. But I got a funny story that, that I want to share with you. And so, and it's the story. It's it's called the baloney story, okay. the baloney sandwich story. Sounds and good so, already. It says two construction workers had taken a lunch break and opened up their lunch boxes. One of them looked inside his box and said, not a bologna sandwich again. I can't believe it. I hate bologna. This is the third time this week I've had bologna. I can't stand bologna. The other one said, why don't you ask your wife to make you something different? He replied, leave my wife out of this. I made these myself. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, if that's, I mean, that is so true. Yeah. So true. You know, that, that, you know, that we go through life and we're like, Hey, you know, 
you know, we're, 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 we're talking about this guy just in our own life, you know, Hey, tired of these bologna sandwiches. Well, what's the real issue? Yeah. You made your bed. You yeah. know, you, you're not willing to learn and change. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Most people go through life, not with a teachable mind, teachable mind. They go through life with a complaining mind, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in, in a mind that says, Hey, you know, why are situations this way? Why are things not, you know, changing? And ultimately they are changing. They're probably just changing for the worse. Why are they? Because they're not willing to grow and be teachable. They weren't, I mean, and teachability is required in humility. I was uh, in a meeting this past week with uh, our head of maintenance for our organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the maintenance department is an important department, Matt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If things don't run, you know, nothing runs. Things not running, um, you know, and, 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 and keeping our equipment at top condition is critical. Mm-hmm. For for not just making products, but making it at the optimal level. Yeah. So the, so the the you know Sean Phillips is the head of our you know department. Um, Sean was with me years ago, mm-hmm. left the organization, and came back. Um, Sean is a great guy. I he reminded me um, in our meeting how he used to uh, really enjoy when I would take Sean and other you know guys up and kind of do a little leadership lesson class with them on a Monday. I forgot he was in that group. He was reminding mm-hmm. me of that. But what I what I really enjoyed about the time with him and the whole maintenance team was is looking at how they respond to Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, without mentioning names, pre, you know, when Sean left, previous people who took over that department, they they were smart, they, they were smart people. But what they lacked was the desire or the commitment to grow their team and teach their team. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ultimately that became a detriment to us. What I valued in that meeting was when I was sitting around, I, you know, Sean talked about uh, not just the standards that, that, that we should have, the higher standards. He talked about how he wants to see each one of their team members grow mm-hmm. and how they grow and how he wants to play a role in teaching them. Well, I knew then by sitting in that meeting, we're a better organization today. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, Sean's a great guy. And I sat there and I listened to the other members on the maintenance team talk about what they want to learn. I had one guy over here saying, hey, I'm, I'm taking these classes over at Greenville Tech to, to, to learn to become basically a water treatment person. Oh, okay. I learned something. I didn't learn you had to go through so many levels of certification to be a water treatment person. Hmm. I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known it either. I mean, you got to make it to D level, B level, C level, A level. And each level is about a year. Wow. I So, Matt, let me tell you something. Being a water treatment person, that person has to have a lot of knowledge. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want the job. Yeah. But I respect the water treatment plant before (laughs) too. I got one, so yeah. yeah, So, but I respect. I'm like, wow, you got to go through basically four years to become a master water treatment person. That Hmm. that requires commitment. Yeah, yeah. And the the ability to learn. Then I uh, listened to some other guys talk about. I went around the room and asked them. I said, okay, tell me what you're best at. Mm -hmm. And 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 what I you know what I heard consistently around the room is. 
more mechanical stuff. We're mechanically oriented, you know, in, 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 in our strengths. But what I heard from a few other guys is, but, you know, I'm studying and learning electrical. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, wow, that's great. I mean, that's a skill we need. Yeah. And so, you know, learning electrical takes a teachable mind, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's a lot of people's safety are in your hands. You've got to. Including your own. Yeah. You've got to know how to do it right. And it takes a lot of learning to get it right. And and, and so I, I appreciate learning that because I don't want to mess with electrical. Mm-mm, I'm with you. That is one that I just don't want to yeah. do. And so, but what I, what I loved about being part of that group just this past week was, wow, what a group that wants to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. It's when you're around people that want to learn and grow, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just, I walked out saying, golly, I love this group. I want to give to this group. I want to help this group. I, you know, I'm getting them some books to help them. I mean, it was just inspiring mm-hmm. and, and energizing. Okay. It's no different than a teacher, you know, who's in a classroom and, and, and she or he's teaching and you can see this group of students, they want it. Mm-hmm. You know, that. You know, leaders want those kind of people that want it. And so wrote down a wrote down a, a verse in Ephesians. In Ephesians 4.23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Okay. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. Why did I write that down? I have heard, you know, going back to this maintenance deal, I have heard over the last many, many months maybe to a year, of the attitude of the maintenance department. Mm-hmm. The attitude. I had often heard, you know, ah, these guys have a poor attitude. The group I met yesterday had a great attitude. Good. But they have a great attitude because now they have a good teacher. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that they're not teachable. They just needed a good teacher. Yeah. If you have a negative leader you'll find a negative department right behind them. Well, let me ask you this. When you look back in school, do you remember your most favorite teacher? Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. I know I do. Yeah. It's a, um, you know, when you look back and you say, okay, in your mind, who was your favorite teacher? Why were they your favorite teacher? They were excited about sharing their knowledge is why. And you felt they cared. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so, and so here's a, here's a statement that I love to share in leadership. People don't, I mean, I learned this statement, so I didn't make up this statement. People, they're not going to care, you know, about what you have to say until they really know how much you care. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, when you look back and say my best teachers, I felt like they cared about me. Yeah. And you can find your least favorite teachers. You didn't think they cared about you. Yeah, absolutely. Probably had a few names to say about that teacher. Indeed. I mean, we all know the teachers are. I hope you don't get that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I I had those from, from, you know, a young age all the way through college. Mm -hmm. I hope we don't get that professor. That professor's professor's mean and tough. Mm -hmm. But the ones that you knew who cared, well, you wanted those. You want to learn from this. It's no different. You want to be led by someone who cares. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's essential. I mean, you're you're drawn to that, and you want to be that. So I got another story for you. Okay. Okay. So a young man named John received a parrot as a gift. The parrot had a bad attitude, 
and even worse, a vocabulary. You know, sometimes parrots can pick up some pretty bad words. Yeah, sailor's mouth. Yeah, old sailor's mouth. Mm -hmm. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude, obnoxious, and laced with profanity. John tried to change the bird's attitude by consistently saying only polite words. Playing soft music and anything else he could think of to clean up the bird's vocabulary. Finally, John was fed up and he yelled at the parrot. The parrot yelled back. John shook the parrot and the parrot got out, got, got angrier and even more rude. John, in desperation, threw up his hands, grabbed the bird and put him in the freezer. <laughs> For a few minutes, the parrot squawked and kicked and screamed. Then suddenly there was a total quiet. Not a peep was heard for over a minute. Fearing that he had hurt the parrot, John quickly opened the door to the freezer. The parrot calmly stepped out onto John's outstretched arms and said, I believe I may have offended you with my rude language and actions. I'm sincerely remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions, and I fully intend to do everything I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. John was stunned at the change in the bird's attitude. As he went about to ask the parrot what had made such a dramatic change in his behavior, the bird spoke up very softly. May I ask what the turkey did? So sometimes um, to get the mind to a teachable mind, you you sometimes need a little bit of drastic action and change. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, Matt, um, sometimes I can be stubborn. And stubbornness in itself can be a good thing in many ways. It can be, hey, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to fight for you know what I believe. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be stubborn. You're not just going to push me over. But stubbornness also can get into our way of teachability. It's like when our children get stubborn sometimes, right? Yeah, they can't. Those two things can't coexist. Yeah, they, 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 you know. And when a child, I was just laughing. My daughter, you know, she was sending me. We were t- we were doing this this morning actually. So I was talking with her, and she was sending me videos of my son when he was younger, and 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 I, and I guess Julie decided to video when he was acting up. Yeah, we do that. With um, and one of them was my son um, um, acting up. Uh, gosh, he couldn't have been six years old. Mm-hmm. And and the dog Sammy had had eaten a book that uh, obviously Drew cared about, mm-hmm. and boy, he just acted out and julie's filming this thing doing a countdown for him and doing Mm -hmm. it so claire was loving you know loving doing that and then there was another one when they were sitting at the uh dinner table and and julie's hitting drew on something and 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 drew's having to go through a teachable moment but what was even funnier to me is i look over in the camera and there's little claire just blowing bubbles into her (laughs) and so and so um yeah i mean often when we get stubborn uh, it's hard to be teachable. Um, and when our children, sometimes when we go through that and they're stubborn and we have to do things and discipline as, as a parent. And so that's the same way with us. That's the same way um, many times in my life and in leadership. There are times where I've been stubborn or, you know, that I, you know, forced a deal or, or, or said something I didn't really mean. And you got to come back, you know, in that humility and say, hey, maybe I was wrong here. Maybe I, you know, you know, didn't listen enough. And so that's going back to that listening is critical 
to teaching because we all learn from each other. And so, and so as much as, like I said, you know, that having a teachable heart is so much about growth, teachability, you know, and accountability is critical if you want to be someone who leads an uncommon life, uncommon life, people, people who are committed to be uncommon are all about growing to the next level. And you can't grow if you can't learn. And so for me, you know, I always want to have a lifelong process of learning and growing. I mean, it's why I love to come to this podcast and not just share on these ideas. I come and talk about books, right? Mm -hmm. I come in and, and share, hey, here's what I've learned in a book. And because I know that's critical to, to me, you know, in order to give, I got to receive this information. So I think teachability is 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 something that is probably one of the most important things in a person's life. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to stop being that. And I know you're the same way, Matt. Yeah, I am. You mentioned being teachable is incredibly important for growth and listening is how you get there. Uh, what would you say is one simple step our listeners could take to become more teachable today? So one simple step is you need to wake up every day humble. Mm -hmm. You need to wake up with a mind that says, I have a new day. And in my day that I have an opportunity to learn something. You know, it's, it's the old saying that I heard, um, uh, I don't know if it's a teacher or mentor, but I heard every day you should be able to go to bed having learned something new. Mm -hmm. and, and so waking up with a humble mind and realize today is a day of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And if you have that mindset, that means you have a teachable mind. Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at the Uncommon CEO, stay uncommon.